The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Too often we rely solely or primarily on conventional medicine to treat symptoms and disease. But these can mask the problems, so we never get to the root cause of the disease. There are better choices. Welcome to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does play an important role in effective treatment, but even more important are the daily lifestyle, food, and spiritual choices we make. Now, here is Sandra Guy Malhotra. Everyone to Generation Regeneration. I'm Sandra Malhotra, your host. Thank you for joining me, whether it be live or on demand. We love and appreciate all of our listeners and hope that we can be of service. Our goal with the show is to provide information and support for those who want to take ownership of their health and engage in a lifestyle that regenerates their body, mind, and spirit. And today we have an amazing cast. My co-host is Nathan Phillips, General Manager of Catalina Offshore Products, a San Diego-based wholesaler and retailer of sustainably sourced fish, shellfish, and seafood. Nathan previously appeared as a guest on the January 13th, 2015 Gen R show entitled To a Sustainable Midlife and Beyond, in which he discussed the positive lifestyle choices he has made and how the quality of his life has improved as a result. That was a fun show, and you can check it out on demand if you missed it. And today, we're going to focus on his work at Catalina Offshore Products, and he will introduce and help me interview two gentlemen he works closely with, Dave Rudy, founder of Catalina Offshore Products, and Michael Clayton, founder and CEO of Trace & Trust. Welcome back to the show, Nathan. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Sandra. It's great to be back. It's... um always a pleasure to hang out with people who are like-minded and ready to talk about the great things that we do in this world. Uh, I've got some really cool guests today. Um, They're both colleagues as well as friends and committed to helping people obtain food with a story. Uh, Mike Clayton is a consultant and innovator who's worked to link fisheries and seafood with wholesalers and retailers and is interested in helping them share their unique story And Dave Rudy uh, is our CEO of our company, Catalina Offshore Products, and my boss. And he's um, also a leader in the establishment of uh, policy and uh, promotion of our fisheries and responsible fishing and building better relationships in the fishing industry. Um, so I've, you know, really had an opportunity to work closely with both of these gentlemen, and I think they've got some great stories. Uh, to share with us today. Um, Mike, if we can, I'd like to start with you. Can you um, give us a little more information about your background and how you got started with Trace and Trust? Sure, Nathan. First of all, just uh, I want to express personal thanks to you, Nathan, for uh, connecting me and Trace and Trust uh, with Sandra and, and with this show uh, you know, it's just wonderful to be connected with a community that clearly is so dedicated to advancing lifestyles that are generating positive energy, positive change through the mind, through the body, and through the spirit. And for me, it's very consistent with what we have been doing at Trace and Trust over the years and what we've been doing directly in partnership with you and and Dave and your team there in San Diego. Ultimately, what I view Trace and Trust is, is is we've really been able to start building a community that's responding to changes in the way we really think about and we really approach food as a community, as a nation, as a market. And more than anything else, I, I honestly feel very fortunate uh, to be able to call myself a founder and a leader of Trace and Trust, 
not only a comp- company, but it really is more more of a movement. Uh, it's being a movement by changes in what we're seeing in demand in the market, and that's you know that's driven by this group of millennials who are looking for more information about what they're eating, and not just information, but they want an emotional connection to that food. And it's being driven by other generations as well that are that are recognizing there's something more about food than just feeding yourself. And over the past few years, started about five or six years ago when I, I was actually on the docks working with fishermen, one in Massachusetts in particular that stands out, a 60-year-old fisherman who was just doing everything right with regards to how he was fishing, how he was respecting the water, the environment, working with environmental NGOs, bringing fish to the dock in a high-quality way. And yet that story of this particular fisherman never got to the consumer at the end of the process. And we started several years ago with a very simple proposition which was I as a consumer, I as a diner in a restaurant, would have a much more fulfilling experience if I actually had a feeling of knowing who was catching that fish, who was growing the food, how they were doing it, where it was harvested. All these attributes truly matter, and it's interesting. They matter more and more, and and we're seeing it reflected more and more in, in what People are demanding not just at restaurants, but at food service institutions, at hospitals, at universities, and elsewhere. Trades and Trust, ultimately, we view ourselves as just being a part of this overall movement. We're, we, we ultimately are a technology and marketing platform. We don't catch the fish. We don't raise the food. We aren't the processor, distributor, like someone like Catalina that's doing an incredible job of moving fresh product that's being landed one day, you know, directly to consumers, potentially even the next day or very soon afterwards. We're not the fishermen out there on the water. For me, what becomes exciting is when, you know, I can go to our website, I can go to my app, and I can see that, you know, sea urchin, that was harvested yesterday is being delivered this morning to a restaurant in San Diego. A fish called Opa, caught in a boat called the Anthony G, is also being delivered in San Diego. Beef, raised on a small farm in Narragansett, Rhode Island, is being delivered to restaurants. This morning I got a notification on my phone that Sunset Farms had delivered that beef. That's kind of cool. It's a way of thinking about technology. It's a way of thinking about using technology to advance what's important with regards to food that goes beyond what's putting in your mouth. For me, that's really why I'm so excited to be able to participate in this conversation today. And, you know, Nathan, as you know, Dave, as you know, how appreciative I am of having been able to work with you over the last year now to really roll this out in, in San Diego. Thanks, Mike. That's that's a great start to what I think is going to be a really interesting program for people who are interested in the subject of understanding the sources of their food. Um, Dave, maybe you could tell us a little bit about uh, your background. It's a colorful story about how Catalina was started, and I'm sure a lot of people would like to hear it. Sure. Thanks for inviting me, Sandra and Nathan. Um, yeah, my, my background is um, I was a scuba diver just for, for fun back in the 1970s, and we'd see a lot of sea urchins out there in the ocean, and, and they were considered a, a nuisance, a pest at the time, and people were recommending that we go out and kill them because uh, they were eating up the kelp beds. And same time, I was studying marine biology, and I enjoyed diving, and I saw there's an opportunity to turn something that was a, a problem into a, into a resource. Um, I used to spend my time diving along the Orange County coast and also go out to Catalina Island. And when I formed the company, the reason I named it Catalina Offshore is I was diving offshore Catalina, diving for seaweed and sea urchins. 
anyway, I, I took my, my passion and, and, and did the diving, just, you know, me and a couple guys in a boat was the early history of the company. And then uh, in the mid-80s, I moved to San Diego, and I, I uh, continued the sea urchin diving, but I had an opportunity, sort of, a, sort of an opportunity, sort of a necessity to start processing urchins. Uh, our only buyer in town went out of business, and I had to run my sea urchins up to Los Angeles to sell them. So I, I knew that there was starting a, um, an interest in sushi bars to have them sold here locally, whereas at that time, still most of them were being exported to Japan. So I, I learned to uh, process sea urchins uh, in the evening after diving during the day and then distribute them to restaurants the next day. And then I started getting a few more, a few wholesale customers. And, and we did eventually also um, uh, go to the Japan market since um, there really was not a big demand for sushi back in the early 80s. But over time, sushi became more popular in the U.S. and, and our, our business grew with that and and we started taking, you started buying more local fish. I started buying from other sea urchin fishermen and lobster fishermen and sword fishermen. And, and, um, we also, we buy most of our product either from California or Baja California. Some products we'll, we'll buy from other areas. Like we don't have a local salmon here in Southern California. We do have some in Northern California. We're actually getting some of that in tomorrow, which is great. Um, anyway, that's sort of the, the basis of the, of how the business started and, you know, we we try to source local, sustainable products as much as possible, and the um, business just sort of grown over the years. It was uh, 30, 38 years ago when I started the business. Those are both That's great kind of stories, Mike and Dave. Thank you very much. And your ventures are definitely tapping into the desire that I think all generations, perhaps millennials especially, uh, but all generations, like Mike said, are feeling with regards to connection to their food. And also, it's really wonderful to hear how you're working with food producers that show respect and reverence for the ocean and for the animals and for the land that they deal with. So thank you very much for this wonderful introduction to your companies. And that actually brings us to our first break. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And my co-host, Nathan Phillips, and I are talking to Dave Rudy, founder of Catalina Offshore Products, and Michael Clayton, founder and CEO of Trace and Trust. We just learned a bit about each of these innovative companies from the founders, and we'll take a deeper dive into each, no pun intended, in the next two segments. And both of these organizations are examples of how commerce and conservation can coexist. Stay tuned to learn more from our special guests. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called WholeTreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back, everyone. Thank you again for joining us. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra. And today, my co-host, Nathan Phillips, and I are talking to Dave Rudy, founder and CEO of Catalina Offshore Products, and Michael Clayton, founder and CEO of Trace and Trust. And before the break, we were briefly introduced to each of these innovative companies. And in this segment, we're going to focus on Trace and Trust with Mike. And in the next one, we'll focus on Catalina Offshore Products with Dave. Now, Mike, it seems that Trace and Trust is responding to a market that wants more connection with the food producers, as you mentioned in the last segment. And I see this as an outcome of a general spiritual awakening that's occurring. People want to know the origin of their food to feel more of a connection to the earth. And importantly, that the producers did their job in a way that respected and revered the earth and its bounty. And this isn't just woo-woo stuff. When living things roam in the wild, eat a native diet, and don't live and die in a stressful and abusive situation, as with factory farmed animals, they provide more nourishment to the consumer because their bodies aren't so full of unhealthy chemicals and fats. Is this what motivates Trace and Trust? Absolutely, Sandra. And I think, let me tell you two brief stories uh, because it relates directly to some of the seafood we're talking about, but it's not just seafood. First story is about a farm that I work with in Rhode Island. This farm is, is, they grow produce, great tomatoes, they grow great peppers, and they have beef. And I'll never forget going there and, you know, seeing the young family right there with their cattle, taking care of their cattle. And they're explaining to me that this farm sits on a land trust in Narragansett. And for me, the opportunity to see that and to connect directly with a family and to know exactly where that food was going if I wanted to eat it in a restaurant was very, very important. You know, likewise, I do work with some spectacular fishermen in California. There's a lot of negative press that comes out around seafood fraud, around issues with regards to fishery mismanagement. And yet right here in California, there are examples of fishermen that have that are landing up in Fort Bragg. Fort Bragg, that's in California, not in North Carolina. And what they are doing is they are on the water talking to the other vessels and coordinating because what they have done is over the years in collaboration with the Nature Conservancy, a respected environmental NGO, in collaboration with NOAA which and, and the National Marine Fisheries Service, have created a community of fishermen that is absolutely exceeding conservation standards um, that traditionally exist. They're landing this in Fort Bragg. They work with fishermen in Half Moon Bay. They work with fishermen in Morrill Bay. Just a wonderful story about collaboration to respect the ocean and at the same time to build community. And for me, what I'm, what I'm so excited about, there's many stories similar to what Dave has talked about with the sea urchin communities in, in San Diego and Santa Barbara, with the communities of fishermen in Baja, California, and for me, with, with these spectacular communities in Fort Bragg and Half Moon Bay in Morrill Bay that are thinking about how they treat the ocean and how they fish for food that is so nourishing for us differently. That, to me, is what motivates me. That is what is so important in bringing these connections together. Great, Mike. Thanks for uh, thanks for teeing all that up. I, I think you know the experience of getting to know Trace and Trust as part of the network that you've created has been a really great learning experience for me. And um, I think there are a lot of consumers out there who would like to know more about Trace and Trust. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about the nuts and bolts of the of the software, how it works, and where they can find it. 
No, absolutely. Thanks so much, Nathan. And the core of what we are doing is Trace and Trust really depends on and works closely with suppliers who share our vision. And those suppliers may be an individual farm or they may be an established, respected seafood distributor like Catalina. But ultimately, all of those partners are, have knowledge about the source of that product. And they, working with us, they are actually able to bring a photograph of the vessel or the community of vessels or the farmer. They're able to bring with us to identify particular stories so that when that product is then delivered to a restaurant in San Diego, for example, the restaurant waitstaff, the chef has generally done a tremendous job of spending time and money to source great product, product that they care about. And a chef may have different particular ethics that they care about in the food they're sourcing. But in the end, they're sourcing naturally from many different suppliers. So to get that story from the back of the house where it comes in with that food to the front of the house when you're sitting table side, what we've done, been able to do is allow that restaurant staff to actually log in. And when Catalina delivers OPA to the back of the house, at the front of the house, the staff actually has wait staff talking points, talking about the Anthony G and the fisherman who, who runs the Anthony G and landed that OPA. Uh, likewise, they have a story about the farmer or the rancher. The same time, you as a visitor or you as a resident of San Diego or of some communities in New England can actually download the Trace and Trust app on your iPhone or on your Android and be able to find restaurants that have received recent deliveries based on what you care about. If you are interested in seeing where there have been particular products that were harvested within 50 miles or within 100 miles, you actually have the ability to see, have the visibility into the supply chain to see those suppliers who are providing that extra effort and working with the restaurant to provide you that information to have that customized experience. And guess what? You can actually go to the restaurants and use that dining dollar to support things that you care about. That's a great story, Mike. Thank you. And I uh, definitely appreciate the work that you're doing, like you said, to bring the story from the back of the house to the front of the house, to the staff, to the consumers. Now, Nathan, how does a company like Catalina Offshore Products use the TNT platform? Well, you know, Sandra, uh, in the next segment, we're going to talk more with Dave about Catalina and our history and the people we work with. But it's... um, it's a fact that over 75% of the products we sell are traceable um, back to the uh, fishermen or the co-op that we work with that actually caught or produced that product. Um, before Trace and Trust, though, we had a hard time being able to communicate uh, where that fish came from to the restaurants and ultimately to the consumer. And so what we've started to do is to work internally here at Catalina to monitor the flow of where our fish is going, who's buying it, and where it came from so that those stories can be shared. And Trace and Trust is working with us on a a pretty sizable uh, IT project right now so that uh, in just a few more weeks we're going to be able to tell the story to a lot of the local restaurants, not just a few, and uh, begin to work with distributors around San Diego and outside of San Diego on where our products are coming from so that they can pass that message on to their uh, customers, restaurants, and whatnot in, in other areas. So it's, uh, it's, it's a growing opportunity for us to speak more about the great products and where they come from. It's wonderful. Now, Mike, you've definitely tapped into something here, and this is important work. What are some of your challenges and your plans for future growth? Yeah, for, from a perspective of challenges, one of, one of the beauties of what we're doing and one of the, uh, one of the clear challenges 
is that for us to grow, we depend on working with suppliers. Again, that may be a farm, that may be a fisherman, that may be a larger supplier, that may be a broadliner, all of whom can benefit from participating in communicating this information that they largely frequently have. And our goal is in moving forward would be to identify uh, suppliers similar to Catalina that share the vision and the capabilities to help us bring that story through to their customers. And doing so in a way that allows us to grow geographically. We, we will be in the Bay Area soon. We will be in Sacramento soon. We're looking to expand into other areas where there's interested suppliers and partners to work with. The other area where we're very excited for growth is we recognize that what we're doing is not limited to the restaurant market. And in fact, the opportunity to deliver data and content to buyers who may not need waitstaff talking point, but nevertheless need to be able to communicate what percentage of their product was purchased locally, what percentage of their product came from farms that are owned by veterans, what percentage of their product comes from the, is cage-free? All of these interesting attributes that more and more are required at the university level, at the national park level, at the museum level. And for us to, to move into that space with the right partners at the right time, uh, that, that's what we're very excited about and, and looking to move forward with that in this year. Okay, that's a great story, and I wish you all the best with that. And as you know, I'm over here in Colorado, so if you wouldn't mind making your way to the middle of the country at some point, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, let's get going. I love Colorado. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. And that actually brings us to our next short break. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and my co-host, Nathan Phillips, and I are talking to Dave Rudy founder and CEO of Catalina Offshore Products, and we just talked to Michael Clayton, founder and CEO of Trace and & Trust. And we just spent some time talking with Mike, and in the next segment, we're going to spend time with Dave to learn more about Catalina Offshore Products and their growing retail and online business. So if you're a seafood lover, you'll want to stick around for this. See you on the other side with more good stuff. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called holdtreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. 
This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra. And today, my co-host Nathan Phillips and I are talking to Dave Rudy, founder and CEO of Catalina Offshore Products, and Michael Clayton, founder and CEO of Trace and Trust. And before the break, in the last segment, we spent time with Trace and Trust CEO and and founder Michael Clayton. And now we're going to talk with Dave Rudy, founder and CEO of Catalina Offshore Products. Now, since Dave and Nathan work together very closely, I'm going to let Nathan take it from here. So, Nathan, go ahead. All right. Thanks, Sandra. Um, Dave, we want to learn more about the relationship between Catalina and the fishermen. I know that you've been really involved in fishery management and and, uh, encouraging people to follow really good fishing methods and to handle their products well. So you tell us a little more about how Catalina has really helped to spearhead the initiatives behind responsible fishing? Sure, glad to. Um, Again, I have some long-term relationships with a lot of the fishermen. A lot of them started out as being my friends, and I started buying their product. And and again, we do focus on the local seafood. Uh, Catalina is also a little different that we've been really involved in in fisheries management. Um, When the Marine Life Protection Act came along, both myself and Tommy were stakeholders in in the process. I've been involved in uh, sea urchin fishery management, and I was just recently appointed to the Pacific Fisheries Management Council. So these processes are really important because the fisheries in the United States are managed by science and and incredible governments that that do their best to manage the fisheries, but they also get the the fishermen and uh, the scientists and 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 um, the environmental representatives involved in these processes. So there's there's a dialogue of of different viewpoints that go into making the regulations, which is which is important for you know for everybody to listen to everybody else instead of just um, sometimes on on the internet or on email you know people in the newspaper people are just complaining about each other when when fishery management is done like at the Pacific Fisheries Management Council everybody gets a chance to listen to each other and try to come up with some some reasonable. Uh, uh, fishing management and with the sea urchin for example um, it was back in the 1980s when um, I was appointed to the director's fisheries management uh, council and uh, that was all about at first you know we we wanted fisheries management for the sea urchins but at the time they were still considered a nuisance so we actually had legislation that we passed to uh, start taxing ourselves so we could we could do the basic science to understand more about the animals and, and their environment and what was going on. And we, we didn't want to, um, you know, kill all the urchins that, that, was, that was, was, was requested just five years earlier. And we wanted a size limit and we wanted a long-term fishery. So it was the industry that actually said, you know, we wanted these, this fishery management. And we negotiated with, you know, the Department of Fish and Game at the time, and we came up with a size limit. And, and we came up with something that was reasonable. Uh, I mean, sea urchins are hard to measure, so we didn't want guys getting busted for one short sea urchin. So we built in an um, allowance of you can have 30 undersized sea urchins just because they're so hard to measure, especially underwater. But at the same time, we felt having a size limb was important for the long-term benefit of the resource because if you if you harvest all the small ones, then you're not going to have anything to come back for next year and and the following years. And, and our fishery has been very sustainable uh, in California. The landings have been around 10 million pounds a year in California for the last uh, 10, 15 years. When we first started, we did have a spike because it had, they had never been harvested in California. So... We we had a first from the early seventies to the mid eighties, you know, it, it went up to thirty million pounds or something and then it leveled off as as the you know, the the huge uh, armies of urchins were kinda of not put under control, which was important for several reasons, because they they they're no longer mowing down the kelp beds, which are an important ecosystem. 
and also we we got um, you know a good regrowth going once once the older animals were removed. So it's it's been a pretty interesting ride learning you know being involved in that. We have the Sea Urchin Commission, California Sea Urchin Commission now, and and we're still involved in uh, fisheries management. We're involved in. Uh, Marketing and um, dealing with any other issues that come up in in the relating to sea urchins. So that's that's some of the background of what sets Catalina different than other companies. Is we're really involved in in the fisheries management, and we've got long term relationships with uh, the fishermen up and down the state, and even in Baja California. And so so we know where most of our fish comes from. There's you know there's sometimes we'll. Uh, buy a load from somebody in Mexico, and we're not exactly. He doesn't want to tell us which fish camp it came from, but most of the time we know where the fish comes from. That's great. Um, you could also uh, tell us a little bit more about how the co-ops work down in Baja, Dave. Just for the listeners. Sure, sure. Um, so there are different co-ops at different levels of organization, but one of the more interesting ones are the ones in uh, central Baja, California, like um, uh, from from Punta Briojos to Leyes de Reforma and some of those co-ops. Like uh, Leyes de Reforma, they um, they have an arrangement um, that, they, that it's a different fishery management than that you see in California. It's what they call turf management. So the the co-op is given a section of coastline, and it's kind of their coastline to manage. Uh, of course, you know the government has their controls and may put quotas on how many lobsters they can take for the year and how many boats they can catch. But past that, a lot of the other details are left to the co-op because it's it's their long-term resource, and it's it's their village that will benefit. If it's managed well, so they they take a personal responsibility for taking care of the resource because it, it's essentially their garden. I mean, sometimes we 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 have problems with the, some of the fisheries that are that are open access, and it's sometimes there's a race for the fish. But this is an interesting way of managing that they're doing down in Baja California. This turf management, so that's that's quite interesting. Um, I've heard of that happen. That happens, of course, in Japan too. A lot of the fisheries in Japan are turf management. Some places in Chile have this turf management. You know, it may not work in every area, but it, it's certainly an interesting uh, form of fishery management to look at. Hmm. Cool. All right, Dave. That's a um, that's a great. Oh, I'm oh, sorry, Nathan. Go ahead. Okay, I was, I, I'm just chopping at the bit here. I'm, I'm eager to ask a question. Uh, so, yeah, Dave, I just want to say kudos to you and everyone at Catalina for your long-term vision and your emphasis on protecting our valuable resources. Can you also comment on how Catalina accomplishes what you refer to as your dock-to-dish approach? Sure. Um, as far as the traceability part of it, um, again, we're, we're part, we partnered with Michael and his organization. I met Michael a couple years ago, and I really liked the concept. I mean, I, when I personally go out for dinner, I'm always asking, well, where did this fish come from? And it's, it's really refreshing to have somebody that's kind of figured that out or, or developed a system where we can, we can find out where the fish came from. It's, it is really important to have that connection to your food. I mean, I talked to my mom, and she grew up on a, on a farm and ate 100% organic food, and, and she had a real connection to her food, and, and we've lost that. I mean, I still have a garden in the backyard and try to grow vegetables, but, you know, most people have lost their connection to food. They just... Oh, hello? Hmm. <laughs> okay. Oh. All right. Well, you know what? We have a backup. Nathan, you're still on the line, right? I'm still here. Okay, this this is the this is the fun of live radio. You never know what's going to happen. So David, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about our culture here while we see if we can get Dave back on the line. Um, I joined Catalina about a year ago after being in the food and beverage world for years, and one of the reasons that I'm here is because there's a real legacy of integrity with uh, this organization. And um, that legacy permeates the way we do business, not just with the fishermen, but with the respect that Dave has for his entire team here at Catalina. We have uh, well over 100 employees now, and many of them have been here for 10 or 15 or 25 years. 
because they're, you know, committed to Dave and committed to um, really keeping this story of quality and integrity and in, in fishery management alive. Uh, so it's really a pleasure to be part of this organization and, and kind of help to foster that legacy and move it forward. Yeah, that's great. That's a great story. Dave, yeah, are you back? Connect. I'm back on. I'm back. Okay, great. Hi. Well, Nathan just said a few words about the culture at Catalina. So uh, he he filled in very well for you there. Uh, All right. Well, well, with the last couple of minutes that we have here in this segment, can you just comment on the consumer side of your business and your growth and goals for that? Sure. It's, it's sort of a, the newer part of our business. Um it, it was one of my employees, uh, Tommy Gomes, says, well, why aren't we selling to the public? And I said, well, okay, do it. Go for it. Let's go for it. And he kind of, I cut him, let him run with it. And he's, uh, he's grown that business quite a bit. I mean, again, I, I started from the harvesting side and then, you know, really selling more wholesale because I was just, it was a simpler movement just to, just to, just to get the fish off the boat and sell it or, or, you know, process the sea urchins and sell them to a few buyers. But now we're we're connecting more with the community by by selling direct to the public and selling to more restaurants. So it's it's an interesting growth for the company. It does have its challenges. I mean, it's it's more complicated selling to you know 100 people as opposed to selling just to one one wholesaler. But it's I think it's we're 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 growing and we're learning. And and Nathan's a big part of it because um, again we've, we're adding more people and we're adding more complexity to the business and. And Mike's helping with the new software that he's, he's helping design for us so we can keep better track of this, this new growth. And you also do online business on your website, correct? Yeah, so people could log on and buy product. Story too. Um, the, the online part of the business started actually almost uh, 12 years ago, 13 years ago. My son was in high school, and he was uh, taking a class website design. And he asked me, well, what should I do? For the class, I said, "Well, of course, do it for the company." And nice. so he, he 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 set up CatalinaOP.com, you know, twelve, thirteen years ago when he was in high school. And um, it, you know, I, I gave him a little commission for. Um, I still give him a little commission. It's finally it's going to end pretty soon, though. <laughs> he's, he's finished his he finished his medical school. He finished his PhD. He's going into his residency, so he's not so much involved in the website anymore. But all throughout college. Uh, he was involved in the website and kept on getting involved in upgrades and and dealing with customers and and the the whole thing and it, again it started as a, as a high school project and it's grown into uh, a pretty big part of our business. Wow, that's a great story. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. And that actually brings us to our final break. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And my co-host, Nathan Phillips, and I are talking to Dave Rudy, founder of Catalina Offshore Products, and Michael Clayton, founder of Trace and Trust. And we just had an exciting segment here, and we will spend the last one wrapping up and getting some contact information for both of these innovative companies. Thanks again, and see you in a few. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called WholeTreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, 
and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and today, co-host Nathan Phillips and I have talked to guests Dave Rudy, founder and CEO of Catalina Offshore Products, and Michael Clayton, founder and CEO of Trace and Trust. We discussed the desire many consumers have to feel a better connection with the sourcing and quality of their food and how Catalina and Trace and Trust fill this need. Now, Nathan, I know you have some advice for diners at good establishments who want to know more about the sourcing of their food, but may be embarrassed to ask. What's your advice? Well, Sandra, as I mentioned earlier, I've actually was in the food and beverage business for several years before joining Catalina, and I can tell you that one of the things that we worked the hardest on uh, as restaurant and food service operators was really working hard to procure high-quality ingredients that we felt were the right ingredients for our customers. Um, and most chefs spend a great deal of time on menu development and procuring the right products, so they, they're proud of those products, and they enjoy it when people ask and, and show interest in how they obtained products and where they came from. So I, I just want to encourage the consumers out there to really uh, express their interest because the restaurateurs that are really working hard for you are, are going to be more than willing to talk about where products came from. And if they don't know the answer, then by asking, you've given them an incentive to go out and, and get that information uh, so that the stories of hardworking fishermen and companies like Catalina and Trace and Trust can actually be told out there. Yeah, I think that's a great point, that if the restaurant has the information, they'll be willing to share it. But if they don't, by asking, you're sending a message. And so to never be embarrassed, regardless of the answer that you get, because you're fulfilling a pretty important purpose, which is letting that restaurant know that consumers are interested in this information. Absolutely. Yeah. So now, Mike, as we close out the show here, can you go ahead and just provide the contact information for Trace and Trust and also close out with any advice you would give to those who want to do more to support the movement towards connecting food producers with consumers and giving everyone a better understanding about how their food is produced? Sure, Sandra. Uh, the contact information for Trace and Trust, you can find us on the on the web at www.traceandtrust.com. That's one word. I encourage you, uh, you can register on our site so we know who you are and, and hopefully be in touch with you. I encourage you to follow us on Facebook and, and Twitter. And, uh, and always feel free to reach out to us with ideas and recommendations. We'd love to get to your community and work with the right partners, and, and we expect to. With regards to advice, I'm going to echo what was said previously. Having done work across the supply chain over the past few years with fishermen, with farmers, with suppliers, with chefs, with food service providers, all of these food professionals care about what they're providing you. There's love, there's meaning, there's hard work in many of the products that we're eating. Ask about that, demand that, and that's what will really continue the momentum that we're already seeing. Wonderful. Yeah, totally agree. Now, Dave, how about contact information for Catalina Offshore Products and your sure. advice for our listeners? Sure. So contact information, we're at uh, www.catalinaop.com. That's 
C-A-T-A-L-I-N-A-O-P.com. And, um, yeah, I also agree that the most important thing is you ask questions. Ask questions about your food and vote with your fork. You know, pick your restaurant, you know, spend your money wisely, and, and, and support those that, that can give you an answer. If they can't give you an answer where the food came from, then think twice about going back there. That's for sure, yes. And what I'm noticing here in Fort Collins is that many restaurants are even being very proactive with that information. Even on their menu, they will list where they source their food from, especially if it's from local farms, because Colorado is quite an agricultural state, actually. And so uh, my husband and I, we tend to search out those types of restaurants. Uh, We much prefer places that are proactive about providing the information about where they source their products from. Okay, wonderful. And that is all the time we have for today. So thank you very much, Nathan, for being an awesome co-host. I really enjoyed doing this show with you. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. I appreciate being here. And thank you also. Yep, Dave and Michael, to both of you for sharing so many insights with us about how you're using technology and relationships to change eating from merely consuming the calories we need to survive to an empowering experience that connects the people catching and growing our food to those consuming it for nourishment. Thank you so much and Godspeed. And next week, we have another great show in the works. Our guests will be Lisa Wimberger, founder of the Neurosculpting Institute, and Shanti Medina, creator of the Body Current Technique. These two amazing women will teach us how we can improve our lives and health using their unique and powerful modalities. I can't wait. And until then, let's scoot over to Twitter, at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Please join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. In the coming week, think of the changes that you could make to regenerate your body, mind, and spirit. We'll be right back.